Hi, this is Mary, and you're listening to Word of Hope Christian Church in New Braunfels, Texas. Hi, folks, and welcome once again. I'm Pastor Tim with Word of Hope Christian Church in New Braunfels, Texas, and I am thrilled to be with you today. Thanks for taking time to join me. Today is Sunday, March 27th. Welcome once again to our sermon series titled, What We Believe. Today is our ninth core value, and it's titled, Praise and Worship. Here's how that core value reads. The Bible teaches that God inhabits the praise of his people, Psalm 22.3. In fact, we're commanded to praise the Lord and worship him, Psalm 150. John chapter 4, verses 23 and 24. Our worship and praise to God may express itself in many forms, clapping and shouting, singing, bowing and kneeling, lifting hands, or even by playing musical instruments. Worship is the pouring out of all that we are in adoration to Him for all that He is. Amen to that. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for the incredible love, the incredible forgiveness, the grace, the chance at life that you allow us to have each and every day by the very breath you give us. Lord, be to you all honor and glory and majesty. I pray that you'll teach us today through this word. Thank you for the opportunity to share it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. On today's journey, we're going to encounter several questions such as, what is worship? Why do we praise God in song and word each week? And what does it mean to worship the Lord each week? So let's get started. Let's see what the Lord has in store for us. Are you ready? All right. Get your Bible or Bible apps out and open to Psalm 63. We're going to be starting with verses 3 through 5. That's Psalm 63, verses 3 through 5. Here's how it reads. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. Did you know that there is a difference between praise and worship? Praise relates to God's character and who he is. We sing about his mercies and about his grace. But when we worship him, we sing to him. And that brings us to our first question today, which is, what is worship? Worship is opening our hearts to the love of God. When we worship, we are declaring God's worth as we find in Revelations 5, 12 through 14. In a loud voice they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. Worship is as natural for man as it is for him to breathe. Worship is to a Christian what an engine is to the car. It is absolutely crucial and it is the center of a Christian life. Worship is an act of honoring God because he's worthy to be honored. I've always liked what is termed oxymorons. Have you heard of those? Or in other words, self-contradicting phrases. The word itself comes from oxys, which means sharp, and moros, which means dull. So here's a couple of my favorite oxymorons. Jumbo shrimp, freezer burn, 
white chocolate, plastic silverware, airline food, sanitary landfill, truth tabloids, and lastly, professional wrestling. And here's another self-contradictory phrase, boring worship. It reminds me of a little boy who asked his mother if she could remember the highest number she ever counted to. The mother didn't know, so she asked him about his highest number. He answered, 5,372. The mother was puzzled and asked him why he stopped at that particular number. The boy responded, well, church was over. Oh my. In various surveys, when people were asked why they don't go to church, they often reply that church is just too boring. Now, I recognize that sometimes a church service can seem dull, even to a non-Christian. I want to suggest to you today that true worship is anything but boring. The very essence of what worship is does not allow us to get bored. When we come before the majestic God of the universe who created everything and who has done amazing things in our lives, we can't help but break out into adoration. So that's worship. So then to the next question, which is, why do we praise God in song and word each week? Well, first of all, because he's worthy to be praised. Psalm 18.3 reads, I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I'm saved from my enemies. All believers are commanded to praise God. In fact, Isaiah 43.21 explains that praise is one reason we were created. It says, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. Hebrews 13.15 confirms this. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. Praise originates in a heart of love toward God. Deuteronomy 6.5 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. We know that we love God because he first loved us. Without God's love, any praise you offer is hollow. Love born from a relationship with God through Jesus Christ it's an essential part of your praise. Why should we not only pray to God? We should not only pray to God, but also learn all the more to praise him. We need to see the importance of praise from the very beginning of our Christian walk. We must praise God continuously. One day, everyone is going to praise God. The Bible says that when he comes again, all mankind will praise him and acknowledge him as Lord. He is king over all the earth. When we know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, our hearts long to praise his name. Philippians 2 verses 9 through 11 tells us his name represents his being, describing who he is. It says, therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of of God the Father. We also need to praise him in our victories. We have to see that praising is a way to overcome spiritual attacks. Many people say that Satan is afraid of the prayers of God's children. In other words, he flees whenever they kneel down to pray. This is why he often attacks and tries to frustrate them from praying. But here's another fact. Satan's greatest attacks are not aimed at prayers. His greatest attacks are aimed at at praise. The ultimate goal of Satan is to stop all praises to God. Why? Prayer signifies spiritual warfare, but praise signifies spiritual victory.
Whenever we praise, Satan flees. As you come to know God more, you'll find that even a Philippian jail can become a place of praise. Acts 16, verse 25. Paul and Silas sang hymns of praise to God, and all the doors in the jail opened and the chains broke. And the jailer believed in the Lord that day, and his whole family was saved. What's amazing about this is that Paul and Silas' wounds from their beatings were not healed yet. They were still bleeding. They were still in pain. Their feet were in stocks, and they were shut in an inner jail cell deep in this Roman prison. Yet there they were, praying, singing, and praising God. This kind of praise, which arises out of pain and loss, is a sacrificial kind of praise. This kind of praise is a victory. You know, many times praise works when prayer fails. This is a very basic principle. If you can't pray, why not praise? Whenever you run out of strength to pray and you find your spirit heavily broken, wounded, or sagging, praise the Lord, beloved. There's another reason why we praise and worship the Lord, and that is it strengthens our faith. Psalm 106 verse 12 is a very precious word. It reads, then they believed his promises and sang his praise. This was the condition of the children of Israel in the wilderness. They believed and they sang. They believed, so they praised. Praise has a basic ingredient. You know what it is? It's called faith. You can't praise vainly with the mouth. You can't say in a flippant way, I thank the Lord. I praise the Lord. You got to believe. When you have some problems or when you're sorrowful, you pray. And as you pray, a kind of faith rises up in your heart. And at that moment, you open your mouth to praise. There was an African-American minister by the name of Robert Dyson who gave an awesome picture of praise. Listen to what he says, and I quote, We praise him because he has been doctor when we were sick. We praise him because he has been a lawyer when we were in trouble. And he has been a mother for the motherless and a father for the fatherless. We praise him because he has been shelter from the rain and medicine for our pain. We praise him because he has been a rope of hope when we were sinking in the sea of sadness and sorrow. We praise him because when we had fallen and couldn't get up, he came where we were, put his loving arms all around us, and lifted us up from the muck and mire of sin. End quote. We need to praise the Lord, and that's why we spend a lot of time during our service praising God, because he's worthy of our praise. We have had a lot of victories, and so we need to praise him in those victories. And we praise him because the more we praise him, the more our faith increases. So if that's why we praise him, then what does it mean to worship the Lord each week? I shared that question recently with a brother in Christ, and you know what he said to me? He said, because we love God, it's that simple. And that's about as basic as you can get. If we love God, then we want to worship him. Let's look at what the word of God says. First scripture I want to talk to you about is Psalm 100, verses 1 through 5, which reads, Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Now let's go over to the New Testament and see what John has to say to us. Look at John chapter 4, verses 19 to 24. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. 
Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is Jerusalem. Jesus declared, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you don't know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. So to worship the Lord each week means, number one, we come together to glorify and exalt the Lord. True worship is the heartfelt acceptance of God and all of his power and glory in everything that we do. One characteristic of churches that are experiencing dynamic growth is that they offer God exalting worship. Erwin Lutzer, former senior pastor at Moody Church in Chicago, Illinois, believes in the importance of worship and put it this way, if we haven't learned to be worshipers, it doesn't really matter how well we do anything else. He is so right about that. We ought to be excited and thankful for what God is gonna do. Like the story of a little boy, he was just a little fellow. His mother died when he was a small child. His father, in trying to be both mom and dad, had planned a picnic. The little boy had never been on a picnic, so they made their plans, fixed the lunch, and packed the car. Then it was time to go to bed as the picnic was the next day. The boy couldn't sleep. He tossed and turned, but the excitement got to him. Finally, he got out of bed, ran into the room where his father had already fallen asleep, and shook him. His father woke up and saw his son. He said to him, what are you doing? What's the matter? The boy said, I can't sleep. The father asked, why can't you sleep? In answering, the boy said, Daddy, I'm excited about tomorrow. His father replied, well, son, I'm sure you are, and it's going to be a great day, but it won't be great if we don't get some sleep. So why don't you run back down the hall, get in the bed, and get a good night's rest? So the boy trudged off down the hall to his room and got in bed. Before long, sleep came. To the father, that is. It wasn't long thereafter that the little boy was back. He was pushing and shoving his father, and his father opened his eyes. He almost said some harsh words until he saw the expression on the boy's face. The father asked, what's the matter now? The boy said, Daddy, I just want to thank you for tomorrow. When we exalt God, then we need to come to him as a child would and worship him for everything that he has ever done, the big and the small. To worship the Lord each week also means we have access to a source of power. Yes, we do. In the New Testament church, worship was a mighty source of power for the life and growth of the individual Christian and for the church as a whole. When they met together, they were strengthened and encouraged. Their lives were refined. They had a clear sense of identity and purpose, and they became better equipped to serve the Lord. That's true even today. When we meet to worship together, we find strength in worship. We know our purpose, and hopefully we're becoming better equipped to serve the Lord. Worship is a main factor in helping to make the church the power-filled, growing movement that it was. Worship must be a factor that must be present if the church is going to live and grow today as it should. Worship is when we can walk away from a service not saying, oh, that was nice music or a nice special, or that was a great sermon, but instead we should be walking away from our service saying, Wow, what a great and awesome God we have. Unfortunately, churches worship in a way that gets people to respond like the little girl when she was saying her bedtime prayers. And she said, dear God, we had a good time at church today, 
but I wish you had been there. Wow. For us to find a source of power when we come to worship, we've got to bring several things. First of all, we've got to have an open heart. It is taking off the mask, letting God see what's in your heart. And newsflash, you can't anyway. When you come with an open heart, you're not pretending. You're not being a hypocrite. You're not putting on a show. You're simply coming to worship, to praise and thank him. We've also got to have focus on the Holy Spirit. It is taking the focus off of our personal agendas and asking, what can I give to God? It's to willingly submit to God's desires and not our own. To submit your life, to live by God's Spirit, that it would be him alone that would be seen. We also need to come to church with a real hunger and thirst. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And he told the Samaritan woman in John 4, 14, Whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. When you approach worship, you should come wanting God's presence, seeking God's presence, and hungering for God's presence. We also need to bring a true hope. I think that we should come to worship with a hope for a future that God is going to give to us. But we also need to come with the hope that God has answers, that you can find strength in him. Because if you come to worship with an open heart, a Holy Spirit focus, and a hunger, I can assure you that you will leave with a true hope in Christ. When we come to worship and bring these four things, then we will always see a powerful moving of God's Spirit and His presence that will equip and enable the church to move mountains. As the church that worships in spirit and truth has a powerful attraction, it strips away the things that block the eyes and heart. It strips away personal agendas. It strips away false pretenses and the masks you wear, and it holds Jesus up. It becomes real and genuine. People see it. They know it. They feel it with all they are, their heart, mind, and soul. And they walk away with a God-sized hope, a soul hunger that's both filled and craving, and a heart that knows that God cares. True biblical worship so satisfies our total personality that we don't have to shop around for man-made substitutes. And folks, that makes for a powerful church. It's just heartbreaking that thousands of Christians experience little, if any, growth through their worship experience, and that some of the churches generate very little power through worship. Calvin Coolidge was right when he said, it is only when men begin to worship that they begin to grow. Amen. So why do we praise and worship the Lord? Why do we do it? We do it because we're called to do it. We're called to praise and worship the Lord. Praise is the response we have when we come to know who God really is. When we come to know him for ourselves and find out that he's all we need and then some. When we figure this out, then we can't help but praise him. To worship is to get away from focusing on ourselves and to focus on him. Worship is concentrating on how good God is, not just what he's done for us. We need to admit we probably don't worship God as we should. We enjoy the singing, the music, the preaching, and the company, but it's never about us. It's not about pleasing us or making us happy. Worship should not be thinking of ourselves. Worship is placing Jesus Christ first in our lives, in the good and the bad, in your finances, in your pleasure, in your leisure times, in your intimate times, in your jobs, in your families, in your quiet times, in your running around times. Beloved, he is worth your 100% effort. 
He gave his all for you. Are you giving your all for him? Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for another encouraging message from God's Word. To find out more about our ministry, look us up on the web at www.whccnb.org. Word of Hope Christian Church. Real people. A real God. Real hope.